Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens, and joining me right off the bat today, good buddy of mine, Mr. Kenny, a.k.a. Skinny Roth. Skinny, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great, Ryan. How you doing? Doing good, man. So you and I both ended up at the Citrus County Speedway this past weekend to cover the Fall Brawl 200. So that's what we're going to talk about here. And you kind of had the experience from the pit area, and I had the experience from the booth. So we're going to do our best to kind of mesh all that together and let you know how that night of racing went. Of course, Speedway Video had a chance to be out there this week as well. So um, you can go back and watch all the action for yourself or at least go flip through the highlights and get to the controversy at the end. But um, first and foremost, Kenny, what did you think of the evening uh, hanging out there in the pit area? Uh, it was a great night. Um, the atmosphere there was very electric. I mean, there was a lot of cars, a lot of sportsmen, a lot of pure stock, a lot of uh, street stock. I mean, even the bomber. I mean, uh, well, I guess there are many stocks there, but I used to be called the bombers. But it was a great night. I had a blast. Yeah, I got there a little after four o'clock and was walking through the pit area, and I was like, "Yeah, this is gonna be a solid night." I am. Um, I know Austin said it was their lowest turnout for the Ford Outlaws. I guess they had some drama the week before or whatever. Um, the, I guess the one thing about not actually working there is like I'm so tuned out of all their drama. To me, I get there to see a bunch of race cars ready to race, and that's all I need. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it was a great night. I mean, to me, it seemed like it was a great car count, but yeah, and I that's, guess it, I said it was a low car count, but I still enjoyed the evening. Every race was great. It really was, and there were some there were some interesting moments out there that we'll talk about for sure. Uh, how about that sportsman field? I mean, that was a solid field of race cars. Oh yeah, there was definitely there was some cars there that I've been seeing on the internet and Facebook for a while. Like that five X, that five X is a beautiful. Car. Oh my god, yeah. And I was excited to see him. I believe he just races mostly four seventeen. I think it is. Yeah, he's one of the if you will Southerners that came up. Yeah. Yeah, so it was great. I mean, you had Matt Green there. And it was good to see him there. And uh, it was all three races were really good to me. Yeah, and I really, I did like the format. Like, it was kind of like the Milk Bowl, but kind of not because each race was its own race. So, like, there were three individual racers and then almost, if you will, like a points champion that won the brawl. And that got kind of complicated. Of course, we'll get into that here in a minute because. Kenny, I want to get your opinion on, on the finish when when we get to it, because um, I, I don't think that anybody did anything wrong as far as this finish went. I think it just threw some people some some curveballs. So um, let's go ahead and jump into the Sportsman, uh, the Fall Brawl 200. Uh, the first time I've attended a Fall Brawl race, uh, first time I've actually met Ronnie, and um, that was a very good uh, good meeting. Um, and it, we're looking to maybe do something in the future. So that was very cool Definitely. to meet him. He seems to know what he's doing with these uh, big events. Yeah, and and I like I said, I really I did like the format, even though to some it may be confusing. And hell, I, I guess unless you read the fine print, it was confusing. But um, we had twenty four cars turn up. Uh, they put out an entry list middle of the week, and there was like twenty seven or so on there. A couple of them didn't make it. I know we were missing uh, Dodge Carlbert. Uh, that was on the list. David Gould's car was on the list for Rich Clauser, but I think they went to run the truck at Auburndale. And, uh, man, there's somebody else on the list that uh, that now it escapes me that I'm trying to talk about it. But 24 cars showed up. 23 cars started. Joe Hamilton had problems after qualifying. He qualified well, so it was a shame to not see him 
um, be able to race. Joe Winchell had some problems, but he was able to make it out for the start. Um, as far as the first race went, 75 laps in segment number one. And the good news, and, and I don't know if you'll agree, Kenny, but the first race was rather clean. I was worried about a lot of wrecks in the first race kind of dampering the rest of the night. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like it was a very clean race. Everybody kind of was setting the pace. Uh, the Katala zero uh, zero guy, he was uh, just driving away. It seemed like he was on a rail that last night or that night. Yeah, uh, Anthony Cataldi set fast time in qualifying. I think it was a six. I want to say it was a six car invert or a four car invert. Maybe it was four for the first race. Um, and he flew up through the field. And when he got out in front, he was untouchable. Um, I'm kind of looking at, at some of the times here, and he had by far one of the fastest cars out there, led most of the way, and I was really thinking at that point, Kenny, that he was going to sweep all three stages. Oh, definitely. I thought the same thing, and then I seen the invert, and I was like, oh, that invert was horrendous the first, uh, for the second race. Yeah, it was an eight after after the first race, so they inverted the top eight, Um but really, Anthony Cataldi is really good at Citrus, whether it be in his super late model or his sportsman. And um, I'm like, oh, he'll make it up through the field, even if he doesn't win, because, again, the field was so stout. I think the like the top 20 qualifiers or top 18 qualifiers were, were within three-tenths of each other. So the field was tight. And at Citrus, you know, you got to use the bumper a little bit if you're going to pass people. Um, you can get freight trained on the outside. You can get, you know, if, if somebody's got a car that's that's even in the same plane as you, it could be tough to get around them. That was something I definitely did notice is, like, if you uh, got on the outside, you went to the back. And it was Typically. like there was really nothing you could do. I mean, you could try, to, you could try, but it seemed like if you got pushed out of that bottom groove, you were going to the back. Yeah, there were, there were some guys that could, like, especially on the restarts, you could get the car to hook up for a little bit. But it, over the course of the long run, when the, when the tires got hot, it was pretty much bottom lane was dominant. Um, kind of the big moment in this race happened – um, I, I believe it was under caution. There, the caution had come out for somebody on the back straightaway, and I believe it was um, maybe this was in race two. No, I think it was race one. I, I know Brandon Morris got caught up in it, and um, it kind of ruined his day. Uh, he was up near the front that black fifty six car. Actually, he turned the quickest lap in the first race, but he got uh, he got caught up in a yeah. It was it definitely was the first race. He got caught up in an incident after the caution had come out. I think Adam Briggs got over the front end of him and kind of really ruined Brandon Morris's day, so it took out one of the contenders early. Oh, man, I didn't see that part. It was, I mean, it, I was so new at the track, so I was just looking in every corner and trying to figure out where I was wanting to watch. So, Yeah, well, at a track like that, there was action everywhere, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Kenny. I was watching the accident on the back straightaway, and then I heard um, somebody in race control. They went, whoa. And then you look down on the front straightaway, and there was cars everywhere. And um, the 14, Adam Briggs, and the 56, Brandon Morris, were the two big players there. And it did kind of – it ruined Brandon Morris's chance to win the the overall. But when the dust settled in race number one, it was Anthony Cataldi with a dominating performance. Uh, he took the victory over Tim Sozio. Adam Briggs was third. Devin McLeod fourth. And LJ Grimm was fifth. Um and pretty much everybody, let's see, just going over the numbers here, 16 cars finished on the lead lap, and 19 of the 23 starters made it at least 70 laps. So most of them were able to continue. I believe the only driver not able to continue after race one was James Seawright, who was involved in a crash on the back straightaway. So moving into feature number two here, um, 
things definitely seemed to pick up. And in my opinion, this was the best race. Um, kind of fast forwarding, this was another 75 lap segment, but fast forwarding to the end here, um, Daniel Webster in that beautiful number one car pulled off the most amazing crossover I've ever seen on a track like Citrus. Uh, towards the end of the race, he and LJ Grimm were in a fantastic slugfest for uh, the the chance to win this segment. Daniel Webster made a crossover on the front straightaway and just couldn't quite make it stick down on the bottom, and LJ Grimm was able to get back by. Um, but really, that was some phenomenal racing in Stage 2. Um, the race was very great. On uh, Stage 2, it seemed like the changes, some of the... I, I really enjoyed the... Uh, letting them work on the front stretch and everything. And the changes seemed like the car, some of the drivers made uh, work for them. Yeah. I enjoyed that too, because as the, as getting to call the race, it's nice to get down there and talk to these guys. Normally we talk to them after the race, but we got to talk to them during the event. So um, like after stage two, Anthony Cataldi dominated stage one, like we just talked about and then struggled mightily at the beginning, I don't know if you remember, but he fell back on the outside and was running oh, yeah, like... He, that's what I was talking about. Like, if you got pushed on the outside, you just got pushed to the back. And that, that was one thing I noticed. I was like, oh, man, something must be wrong with his car. Yeah, and, and, and he for a while, he was outside the top 10, and it looked like it was going to take him out of the overall. Um, another big moment in this race was when Adam Briggs slapped the wall and actually knocked the spoiler off his car, and he didn't finish race number two. He actually finished... Uh, 19th. So that took him out of the overall. Um, because remember, the driver with the lowest amount of points at the end would win the actual fall brawl, and uh, that kind of took him out of the running. But he would be a major player in stage three. Um, again, though, uh, talking about Anthony Cataldi, um, struggled in segment two at the beginning and was actually able to rally back to sixth, which kept him in the overall lead. Um, LJ Grimm wins stage two, Daniel Webster finishes second. They had a great battle. Devin McLeod again finished third, so he's right up there as a player to win the overall. Dylan Bigley fourth. Steve Gill, the five car we talked about, he was fifth. Anthony Cataldi battled back for sixth. Tyler Schofield seventh. He really struggled. Um, yeah, it seemed, I, was, uh, I was excited to see him race there because I always see that he is pretty dominant at that track and seemed like he had an off night. Yeah, that team was off and it was, it was very surprising. I kind of, uh, me and Austin as we were kind of wasting some time in the front straightaway, we made our picks and I picked Tyler Schofield. I really thought that those guys would be good. And he's so good over at Auburndale, which is a similar track, but they were just, they, they missed it. They were just off a little bit. Uh, he was seventh here. Tim Sozio second in segment one, eighth here in segment two, Rex Drubel and Matt Green rounding out your top 10. Um, again, you're talking about how between the stages, they let the drivers work or the teams work on the cars and I got a chance to talk to Anthony Cataldi, and I said, hey, you know, what happened there in segment two? You were so dominant in race one. Did you just get shuffled and, and have to pick your way back? Because, again, he finished six, so it's not that bad. And he says they just made the wrong adjustment. And he said the driver told the crew to make an adjustment, and they went the wrong way. So it was really cool to pick these guys' brains in between each race. Yeah, that reminds me of the old days of NASCAR and stuff like that when they would go down and actually walk up to the driver while he's getting his tire changed. Right, because it took so long. That was awesome to see. Really, uh, really good racing here in segment two. And again, going into stage three, um, now up in the tower working with Austin, um, you know, we were kind of doing the math and we, we kind of knew that, uh, Daniel Webster had a chance. LJ Grimm had a chance. Devin McLeod had a chance and Anthony Cataldi had a chance. We kind of knew those guys, 
were going to be the four that we were going to focus on as far as segment number three for the overall. And then segment three ended up being more of a shootout because it was only 50 laps. So let me pull up the results there. And um, still a very solid race. And according to the timing and scoring, the uh, 19 drivers made it all the way through to start race number two. But the biggest incident of the night occurred and it took out one of the contenders off uh, turn number four. Daniel Webster got a little hard into turn number three. And, I, and I've watched this several times, and it's really hard to place blame, like to say that Daniel Webster just went in there and wrecked the field. I think, it, I think he bottomed out, and it just shot the car up a little bit. Yeah, it looked to me that he he was down on the inside, and he got on the rumble strips, the, the little rumble strips that are on the inside, and that mm-hmm. upset the balance of the car, sent him up the racetrack. Nothing malicious, but... Um, he got into the side of the 25W of Dylan Bigley, spun him around, and he got absolutely hammered by Anthony Cataldi. That car, Bigley's car, when he got hit by Cataldi, was up in the air, and Speedway Video got a great shot of it. Um, definitely one of the hardest hits I've seen at, at Citrus as, as far as the sportsman car goes. Yeah, it was a pretty hard hit. I was on the back stretch watching it, and uh, I seen, and it looked pretty hard from back there. Yeah, it was one of those those hits that even up in the tower, like you could feel the impact and you could hear it up there. And uh, it it ended Anthony Cataldi's day, so it went from really good to well, at least we rebounded in stage two to well, we've got a destroyed car. So definitely not the night Anthony Cataldi was looking for. Dylan Bigley was actually able to continue somehow. He got hit square in the side, so it didn't jack up the i'm sure it did some damage but it didn't jack up the car too much he finished 15th um but yeah that, that was a, a big incident and then uh, the the rest of the race was was pretty status quo uh some good racing throughout the field and man it got real interesting as far as the overall uh devin mcleod and lj Grimm uh were duking it out adam briggs whose car had like uh 60 lap fresher tires because remember he didn't finish stage two and you couldn't change tires, so you had to run the same tires. So he had he had better tires, and he was coming up through the field, but he was not able to t- catch Devin McLeod. And we're all thinking up in the booth, Kenny, that Devin McLeod, because he's winning the stage, he's going to be – he's at the point when McLeod was winning and Grimm was running third behind Adam Briggs, McLeod had a one-point lead on the overall. And we're saying up there, like, even if LJ Grimm gets up to second, he's not going to win the overall because it's the best finish in stage two. And we're saying it over and over. We confirmed with the scorers. We're like, that is true. And they said yes. And and Cameron was up there too. And nobody batted an eye at that. So we're going along with the highest finish in in round, uh, round three will determine any tiebreakers. So the whole time we're like, man, it doesn't matter. LJ Grimm's going to have to pass Devin McLeod. And then Adam Briggs moves over to let his team car by because LJ Graham and Adam Briggs were both in the, the 14 cars. And uh, at the time, me and Austin were like, well, that's a good teammate move. You know, maybe you can go track him down. If they get a caution, maybe you can, you can run him down or something. Uh, but at the time, we're like, it doesn't matter. They're tied, and Devin McLeod's going to get the tiebreaker. But boy, were we wrong. Oh, it was that, I mean... You were telling me about all the people talking about it and everything, so I could imagine what you had to go through with all that. It was a pretty interesting finish. Yeah, and you know, I'm I, to be honest with you, um, in my opinion, and I'm not knocking a- any part of this race at all, but in my opinion, this is why I think it's important to have that last stage be the tiebreaker. It's how they do it at the Milk Bowl. It's how they did it at the high kick race that happened at Citrus last year. That's kind of why I think everybody in the tower was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's right. You guys are right. Um, it's just, it was an oversight for sure by everybody, except Ronnie, who was in charge of the race. 
in some of the competitors that paid attention to and good on them for reading the rules of their race. Um, I admit that I, I should have also done so, but I thought when I heard the format, I'm like, Oh yeah, I know how this works. Totally got it. But, um, but this is why I think that it should be the final stage. That way it's settled on the racetrack because the tiebreaker ended up being qualifying, which happened at the beginning of the day before the sun went down. And I'm kind of thinking, well, the only thing I remember from qualifying was Anthony Cataldi winning the pole or was setting fast time because he came down, got his picture, got a big old check and all that stuff. So, like, in the moment, even if I knew, like, okay, qualifying is the determination, I would have had to go back and look at the the results. And it's just so much easier, in my opinion. And, again, I'm not knocking anybody. That I think Ronnie did a great job with this race, and I'm glad that he was on top of it at the end and did the right thing. Um, but in my opinion, that's why I think the last stage should be the, the tiebreaker. I agree with you. <laughs> Poor Austin. And, and again, I was helping Austin out, but that's, you know, that's his track. It was his show. And he went down there and all of a sudden he goes, Ryan, I don't, I don't think the tiebreaker is what we think. And he went over and talked to Ronnie. So I kind of filled some of that time and said, you know, Hey, it wouldn't be a short track Saturday night without some controversy. And Hey, it's the fall brawl. Might as well settle it with a judge's decision, right? Kind of kind of chalking it up to the old boxing thing where it's a split decision and then the judges got to go and figure out who actually won the thing. And they went to the rule book, and um, sure enough, the rules said in the event of a tie, um, the driver with the better qualifying time will be will get the tie break. And that went to LJ Grimm. So poor Devin McLeod sitting there thinking, damn, I just won segment three and I win the overall. That's a nice, cool 4000 bucks." Luckily, the race paid more to win than the overall, but they came and, like, tried to rip the check out of Devin McLeod's hand, like one of the officials did, and Devin got kind of upset about that. He's like, show me some respect, damn it. Like, I just, I didn't do anything. Um, uh, I didn't see that. That, was, that's, that sounds pretty crazy. Yeah, Devin was kind of hot because, like, and he wasn't upset about He's like, hey, it is it is what it is. If that's what the rule is, that's what the rule is. I think he was, I think he wanted to say it's silly, but it is what it is. Um, he was very PC on his interview, and I have a lot of respect for Devin and, and uh, still do, and I appreciate the way he handled himself. And I like that he took the overall winner's check and went to LJ and said, here you go, buddy. This is yours. So it was a it, it was an awkward way to settle it, and, and I apologize to anyone that we, we led astray with, with, with the rulings in this. But when we left the tower, Kenny, I confirmed with the scores up there. I, I turned the microphone off. Austin's walking down with the check, and I said – are we sure Devin McLeod is the winner, right? And they said, yes, Devin McLeod is your overall winner because we all were in agreement that the last segment was the tiebreaker and not the qualifying deal. So the wrong thing was definitely announced, and that's on us announcers. Uh, we, we should have known too. But again, I didn't know I was announcing the thing until Friday. Um, I was planning to go. Thought I understood the format. Uh, me and Austin both didn't read that part of it. We didn't see that part of it. And... Um, you know, Ronnie came out with the rule book and uh, went over it with the competitors. They settled it there. Everything was fine. It was just a – and poor poor Austin's down there trying to figure it all out. And But he handled it well. Um, he's always calm, cool, and collected. Um, he's, he's got that kind of personality. And uh, everything was sorted out. And, and I kind of thought, like, wouldn't it be cool if these guys split the $1,000 at the end of this thing? I did hear you talk about say something about that. It was my one highlight of the whole night uh, with the uh, sportsman race was uh, Austin saying, and here comes Brooke, Brooke back out after her zillionth going behind the wall. Yeah. 
Yeah, Austin had some good zingers, man. I'm telling you, he's he's a lot of fun to work with because we both kind of have the same sense of humor. He's a little more low-key than I am, uh, yeah. but we get each other's humor and we play well off each other, so it, it is a lot of fun to uh, to work with him. And he had me cracking up at points of the night, and I think I had the same effect on him. But, uh, you know, I, I know it ended in controversy. With, with a race like this, it's bound to end that way, especially with all that money on the line. But, again, I thought it was a great event and great racing. What's your take on the whole situation? Uh, I mean, I, I believe uh, what happened happened. That's within the rules, so that's what will happen. And the race was great. I mean, I was I was expecting because I believe wasn't the last one a caution fest. You know, uh, looking at the results, every, like fourteen cars finished on the lead lap. There were some wrecks, and I can't remember other than the big one with Cataldi. I can't remember any. Uh, there no, was a lot I'm of contact. The last, the last uh, fall bra or whatever. Oh, they call it. oh, right. But, yeah, there, there definitely have been some, um, some wreck fest with this type of event. I mean, every car that left the racetrack pretty much had a fender ripped off or, or tire yeah, marks. So, but other, overall, it was great race. I mean, yeah. I, it really surprised me with sportsmen because I see them all the time at our track, and seeing them at a smaller track, they race just as hard there. Yeah, it really was a good race, and uh, I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but the uh, top five for race number three was Devin McLeod, L.J. Grimm, Adam Briggs, Tim Sozio fourth, and Brandon Morris salvaged something and got a fifth place finish. Tyler Schofield, 6th, Steve Gill, 7th, Rex Struble, 8th, ninth was Eric Sharon, and Daniel Webster faded to 10th there at the end. And the overall win, the Fall Brawl champion, goes to LJ Grimm in a tiebreaker over Devin McLeod. So very, very good event, controversial finish. Um, the announcers led everybody astray, but that's why you never listen to the announcers anyway. <laughs> them, them pesky announcers are always ruining, ruining the show. Ruining calls, everything. You know, they make the calls. So I know that uh, you were very interested in both the pure stocks and the street stocks. I know that was a fun experience for you to uh, to, to be there to see. Which Where do you want to go next? What do you want to talk about next? I mean, the, I was really impressed with the uh, street stocks. The street I mean, stocks? I, I don't, to me, some of them are just like old sportsmen to me, but those guys were scooting around that track. Yeah, it was, was a, it was a was fun race. Very good. I, I had a camera in the uh, Jonathan Appleby, and his car just fell off on him, so I didn't have a good one on that race. Yeah, th- this race definitely, um, they, they ruffled some fenders. Tim Alexander finished second, but like the whole right side of the car had a black mark down it. Um, people were messaging Austin why the 63 car wasn't DQ'd, and Austin's just like, I mean, I don't, I don't make these calls. It goes back to my podcast a few months ago. We don't make the calls. Yeah, um, you just you're the one up there announcing you know, right. what happens, happens. Uh, there was definitely some good hard racing in this. Mike Wilson looked strong earlier. Jonathan Appleby's been good. Cody Struble's been strong in this class. Um, but at the end of the day, it was Jace Henley who came through the field and got his second, at least second consecutive win. Uh, he's won the last two weeks that I was there. And I agree with you, Kenny. I thought this was probably the best street stock race. I've seen these guys race a couple times here, and they've just kind of been, they've kind of just been there. Um, yeah. but this was a really good race, a lot of close racing and, uh, it was very enjoyable. I, I really enjoyed it. And the, uh, that Jonathan Appleby car, the 69A, that car is beautiful. Oh my I God. Yes. I just love the way it looks out there. I, I like this the, division. And then there's a couple Camaros. The first three, I think they just look like old sportsmen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Austin even said some of them may be older sportsmen that have been kind of converted to these outlaw street stocks. Um, but I, I like the mix. You've got some, you know, you got the standard Monte Carlo, you've got the standard Camaro, uh, kind of hard to tell these 
differently between the pure stocks and the the outlaw street stocks if they look you know the old school way uh you have some cars that are kind of just like purpose built like joe gerard's car doesn't look like anything it look it just it is its own thing and that's what's kind of fun about this division you can play with the bodies kinda, a little bit it kind of looks like your home track uh the, the tigers the, one, the, one of the flying tigers it does looks like their cars it really does know. that's a good point yeah, that's where I would. My, my, whenever I see his car, I'm like, oh, that's some flying tiger cars. It Sounds like, like one old. too. I remember when he would run at uh, New Smyrna, his car always sounded different, and it re- it did remind me of a uh, flying tiger from up in Vermont, just the way it sounded. So that's funny that you bring that up. Um, Jace there was Henley. one car out there that he was just riding around in the back, but I didn't understand why he wasn't with the pure stock. But maybe he just has too much motor. It was the one gray. Oh, Camaro the one. Yeah, Tom Pasovac, and and again, just because I'm not mechanical, like I, some of the guys were were telling me some some of the differences, but it's beyond me. Um, you know, I guess his car is just it is what it is. So, uh, but I do know the the one you're talking about. Uh, oh, by the way, Lauren Lanier, give her a shout out. She led some of this race early before she got spun out with a handful of laps to go. So that was kind of a heartbreaker for her. Okay, yeah, that, I remember I got some good pictures, and they were excited to get some pictures. I know they were definitely excited to get some video. Yep, and uh, again, they put on a good show for us. Uh, Jace Henley, the winner over Tim Alexander, Mike Wilson third, Jonathan Appleby fourth, and Cody Struble rounding out the top five there. So we'll go over to now, if my computer will work. We'll go over to the Pure Stocks. Pretty good turnout. Now, they have a 75-lapper coming up this weekend that I'm very excited for, but a pretty good field of cars, solid 15. Um, I know that uh, you enjoy these types of cars as well. Uh, very similar, but not the same to our Super Stocks, but kind of the same idea. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, I think mainly what's different about them is the they got a little bit uh, less of a shock and just a little bit more different body panels than what we run at New Smyrna and stuff. But other than that, it, it was a great race. You had uh, trying to – mine doesn't want to pull up the schedule, or the lineup. So where is it? Well, it, in this one, it was um, you, your buddy Jonathan Appleby who runs both those classes. He was up there, but uh, at the end of the day, it was Carlin Ray in that beautiful 51 Camaro that got the win. And he put oh, a whooping. Yeah. That, he put a whooping on him. That car was on a rail. When it he was. was out there. He was just driving away. I love that car's kind of got the rowdy burns look to it. Very good looking race car. Very fast. Um, had some good racing with Larry Welter and Sport Wilson, who are like neck and neck in the championship race, uh, which we had all year at New Smyrna, and they race each other hard and a lot cleaner than what we're used to. Um, <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, definitely. I mean, it seemed like they were pretty clean i mean there wasn't much uh bumping like you would expect on a short track like we get at new Smyrna. i mean i know for sure that uh justin spears is planning to come out and race there it's just a matter of getting his car right he's trying to come out there this uh saturday for the big race so we'll see that'd be pretty awesome uh tyler pernesti uh, another one of uh, the drivers that uh, races at new Smyrna. occasionally he was out there um this was just a good showing and a good warm-up like if I was new to the track and I saw this race and heard they had a big race the next week, I would want to come back and see them, especially when you put like, you know, 10, 15 more of these things out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the Pure Stocks is like your, you say, too, one of your favorite races, oh, race yeah. cars out there is the stock 
body looking car and the one thing that i really liked about the pure stocks is the fact that you get a bunch of camaros and you know me and my favorite is the camaro so it's always exciting to finally get to see them and i was expecting them to be a little bit slower but it seemed like they were scooting around that track so it was very enjoyable oh yeah there's a few of them like uh, carlin ray larry welter um aaron welter who's got that uh, the catfish looking camaro he was pretty quick too um but yeah very very that fun is class. funny that you call it the catfish Camaro because that's like the one thing that they always hate about it and stuff is being called the catfish car. <laughs> I know I do it because that's what that's what Margot always says. She loves those cars. Um, but at the end of this thing here, Carlin Ray was the winner. Jonathan Appleby was second. Larry Welter third. Sport Wilson fourth, and David Kingsbury rounding out the top five. So we'll get through these last couple here real quick before we let you go. Uh, the outlaw, uh, the Ford Outlaws were in attendance as well. Some controversy after last week when Eric Sharon, the apparent winner, was DQ'd. Somebody claimed his car. I was kind of read something on Facebook, and I don't know this for sure, but I hear that the competitor that tried to claim it wasn't high enough in points or wasn't high enough in the finish to be able to do so. So um, they went from about 30 cars to 14 for this class, but ebbs and flows in racing happen all the time. And, and again, I don't know the full story, so maybe I read too far into it. Uh, but still, they put on a good show. However, I don't know if you know, but there was a an incident that happened, and the caution was called, and it never came out. I think the lights went on, but the the race officials never stopped the race, so like the front half of the field slowed down, and the back half of the field didn't, and it caused some crazy commotion at the front. I don't know if you saw all that. I didn't see that. I mean, that was kind of late in the night, and it, we were kind of winding down. That was the last um, like race I really focused on because it was – such a long drive home but i i love the uh crown vix i mean obviously you know that i'm in the process of building ones yeah it was interesting to see a bunch of crown vix other than the ones that we run at new smyrna yeah and they they did get wild there's a lot of spins a lot of contact uh, a lot of crazy moments uh but at the the end of the go ahead one thing is i noticed is that when they wrecked they didn't really hit much so there was a lot of spinning out yeah they they the kind of just stay in the throttle and hope for the best. The caution and the, like the car will spin out and then they'll just keep on going and the cars will keep on going. Like, yeah, they're they they're pretty good at uh, slinging those things around. And they sling them around. They're sideways going all over the place. A lot of power in those things. It's it is a hell of hell of a class to watch. Um, just a lot going on. Again, I recommend going back and watching that one on Speedway Video. I had to go watch them. Like, I swear the yellow flag came out and I can see the yellow flag out and then the lights don't come on and the race just resumed and. They just were kind of like, ah, we, we got to get the last race in before curfew, so just to hell with it, go. And, oh, uh, they do have a curfew there? Yeah, they have to start the last race by 11 o'clock. Oh, okay, see, we were talking about that, like, that, that we were thinking they had to finish the last race, because I heard you or Austin say that we're doing our best to get all these features in tonight, yep. so I didn't know they had a curfew. Yep, the rule is got to start the last race by 11. As long as they start it, they can finish it. Oh, okay, interesting. I'm glad we don't have a curfew. Me too, for now. Unless the, <laughs> until a community builds up across the street and complains that there's a racetrack there. Um, yeah. Which isn't happening, I'm just saying. Yeah, um, it'd be interesting they move into the swamp out there. Margo Mar- just heard us, and Mar- she goes, the racetrack was there first. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> Thomas Pete was the winner here for the Ford Outlaws. Jonathan Wallace second. Those were the, the two fastest cars, and they made their way up through. Braden Boardman, third, Clint Hicks, fourth, and Sean Osteen, the top five. And the final event was the mini stocks, which are kind of like our bombers, 
maybe a little more closer to the Scramblers over at Auburndale. Um, they had 10 cars show up, and it was a dominant race. I don't know if you stuck around to watch it or not, Kenny, but... Um, I watched the beginning of it. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, pretty much a clinic by Justin Pittman, who was... Uh, he's one of the one of the guys that recognized me in the pits and talked to him for a little bit. Uh, he's I think he's run New Smyrna once or twice before the, uh, before the tire rules and all that. Uh, but Justin Pittman came out, put on a clinic, dominated the race. He almost got into a lap car and wrecked himself out with like three laps to go. That was about the only wild moment. Pretty clean race, only three cars on the lead lap at the end of it. Um, I would say our bomber rays are definitely a little more competitive than this, but it was a fun way to end the night, and Justin Pittman dominated. I, I mean, it, they are great little cars to be racing on. It seems like the Dodge Neons seem to be the popular car that they race down there. For sure. So, but I would love for them to come up and try to race with us at New Samaria. Yeah, they, they say with the tire rule, it kind of makes it hard now. But, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. Uh, but Justin Pittman got the win here. Uh, Jason Simons second, or Simmons, I believe it is. Uh, Richie Akers third, Caleb Boardman fourth, and Stephen Paulton Sr. finished in fifth. It was a pretty clean race and, and fun way to end the night. I'm glad they got it all in. Um, definitely, in my opinion, a, a great night of racing over there at Sisters County. Oh, I mean, it was definitely a great night of racing. I gave it in my grade because I, I was following after you guys always in your podcast talking about your grade grading for NASCAR. So I gave it an A overall. It's just, it would have been an A plus, but that two hour drive is, I know, what is it, three hours for you? Something, eh, it's about an hour and a half on the turnpike. So you're, you're going to dock them the A plus because it's a long drive from you. Yes, that's okay. a, it's, it's brutal because that me driving home, especially when you got Rick and Justin falling asleep and I'm driving. <laughs> and you got to try to stay awake, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm over here going, man, I, I wish I could have a Mountain Dew right now. It's in the back of the car, but I'm stuck on the highway, so I can't stop. So I was I was feeling it. And, of course, I stayed afterwards and was chatting with some people. Me, me and Phil Jakes ended up talking for like half an hour afterwards. So it was. I feel you that the drive home and it being late, it's definitely different than my uh, New Smyrna drive, but grading on a curve, I think it sounds like you had an A-plus time. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I, I was very happy with the racing at, to see the cars, like the pure stocks and the street stock. That was great to see for me, seeing cars that I've always been seeing on Facebook and finally getting to see them in action, and they put on a great show. They did. So, Kenny, I appreciate you taking some time here to uh, recap the night with me. I uh, wanted to give you an opportunity before we, we sign off here with the first segment of the show. Um, tell everybody where they can find you. I know you've got your your head in a bunch of these pages here following short track racing in Florida. You can find me everywhere practically. Pretty much. Practically every Facebook page that you see is probably me doing it. But um, mainly just if you see Skin Roth, that's me. Uh, right now I'm considered a, a digital creator, so I'm at like – more prominent shown on Facebook. And then you got the turning left motorsports page and then you got all the Spears pages and stuff. So hit me up anywhere. And I'm glad to help anybody that wants to come out and race New Smyrna. Once we get going back again, it's going to be great. I think 2023 is going to be an awesome year. Well, let's make it an awesome year. Kenny, I appreciate you again coming on and appreciate everything you do to help me out on the social media side of things. And, Appreciate your your support of uh, New Smyrna and racing in general. Oh, I 
love racing in general. I mean, some people think I'm just mainly a New Smyrna guy, but I just, I don't like driving very much, but people want to take me to these tracks. I'll go to any track in Florida and have a blast. I love racing. I love any racing, anybody that's in racing. So just enjoy turn left. Well, here's the thing, man. We, we have our home track, but we love racing in general. So we try to support when we can. Yeah, it's it's easy for me to love my track that's 20 minutes away from my house. So uh, when it's that far away, I can go there any day. And then our shop is literally a mile away from the track. So that makes it even better. I mean, if I wanted to, I could literally drive my race car down to the track if I needed to. Just don't get caught. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll check in with you again soon. All right, man. You have a great one. And thanks for having me on. And you take care. All right, man. Talk to you later. Later. Bye. I'd like to take a moment here to thank some of our great sponsors, including our friends at American Auto, located at 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Beach. If you're in need of tires or general auto service, make sure you give them a call, 386-428-1941. Of course, that is our good buddy, Mr. EJ. And uh, for fast, dependable service, you can always count on American Auto. We also thank Ken Copley, one of our big supporters here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. The Emods didn't get as many races as they were hoping for, but we still want to give him a shout-out and a big thank you. And a shout-out to his sponsors, uh, Schmidt Construction and Wayne King Racing, for supporting the show throughout the season. We also thank one of our newer sponsors, the Florida Southern Ground Pounders, who will be back in action, hopefully, for the Red Eye Race in January. And, of course, we thank Dual Lawn and Tree Services, that is Doug Samian's company, Doug, a super stock racer, and uh, he's come on board to support the podcast. And we also thank our buddy Andy Morrison with Never Give Up. I know Andy just got a brand new truck, and uh, that means he'll be able to get back to these races once we get started back up. So again, big thank you to all of our sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. We appreciate you guys supporting. We appreciate everybody listening. And please make sure you use our sponsors if you need any of those services and uh, tell them you heard about it on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Well, that means Margo's in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Margo's got, she's got a she's got a damn theme song now. That came from Jack's page, didn't it? Yeah. What's the story behind that? It's it, he posted it on TikTok, and it says when you go to fire up the race car after fuel system work. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, that's like a perfect representation too. Yeah. <laughs> How many times have you heard have you heard a car like that in the pits? At least a hundred <laughs> thousand million. Uh so again we thank uh Kenny for joining us on the first segment to go over the races at the Citrus County Speedway. Um and again, big thank you to Citrus County and uh Austin Griffiths for having me up there in the booth with him again as uh Tony's still recovering. We hope he's back this weekend and uh, thank you to Cameron Ray over there for having me and, and being uh, very hospitable uh, the last couple of weeks. We're planning to be there again this Saturday, at least to watch and, and see how Jack does. I think I get to spot. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. His dad might be there. If his dad's there, then I'm not spotting. Well, either way, we'll get I to see know. Jack. I don't know. I might get to spot. I don't know if I remember how to spot. Clear low. Door. Uh, don't, you no. don't. You don't rip it off now. No. I've never said those three words like... I don't think I say door bumper. I don't ever. No. Mm-mm. I think you just say, ah. Usually. Yeah. 
And shit. I say shit a lot. I, I can imagine. I, I live with you, so. <laughs> Dalton, <laughs> Dalton posted something about, like, I don't usually cuss on the on the radio. And I'm like, I do. It's my toxic trait. And he goes, that's it. Just the one. <laughs> Just the one. Just the one. Well, to kind of wrap up the first part of the show here, um, obviously you did not make it to Citrus this week and you stayed home with the kids. Got some stuff done around the house. Um, <laughs> you got yes. laundry done. Yeah, I got some stuff done. I got some snacks. I got some drinks. Hell yeah. Sounds like a good night. Um, did you have any takeaways from, from anything that you heard slash saw from the weekend? I mean, I know that there was the confusion, which I feel like there's always confusion when you get these gimmick races going and only one person really knows what's going on. And even then, that's questionable. Well, so, there was definitely confusion. Like it's it's but just a misunderstanding. Unfortunately, like I hate the people that get online and bash to the point where the announcer, who has like no say in shit, nothing, poor guy is like, well, I just feel like a moron now. Well, like, and not you. I wouldn't feel sympathetic for you, but Austin's a good guy. Well, here's here's <laughs> the thing. Like, yeah, neither one of us, I guess, read the fine print, which is on us. Uh, but nobody in the tower knew. Um, you know, Cameron's up there, the scores are up there, and we're all looking at each other like, Devin's the winner, right? When I left the tower, like I said in the, the first segment, you know, they're like, yeah, Devin's your winner. Then we got to the track, and again, this was uh, Ronnie's race, and he had it in the rules, so he followed the rules. And I was I was very confused because uh, Ashley had gone live, Devin's yeah. sister. I remember that. And I, she, just, I just see Devin go, or I hear Devin go, well, that was the lamest car exit mm-hmm, I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I'm like... Why aren't the fans cheering? Why is it so quiet? Like, did he piss somebody off? That's mm. no. It was just mm. there was confusion at the end because the tiebreaker was was qualifying and, and good on them for having it in the rules and following the rules and uh, bad on us for, for not knowing it. But I've never seen a race in that style that has that as the tiebreaker. So was it not milk bowl style? It was milk bowl style, but the the tiebreaker in the milk bowls last segment. Yeah, and. It's like the tiebreaker in the NASCAR playoffs is highest finish in that round. Mm-hmm. Not nothing to do with I wouldn't. No, I'm have, sorry. Nobody nobody cares about qualifying. In in you know hey that's once what, the feature race starts, nobody gives two flying rats asses. And I'm not gonna shit on it. it it's what they decided to do, and that's fine. I will. It just would have been, you know, wouldn't have been what I would have chosen to do because that wasn't settled during the race. It was like. If you know the tiebreaker is is qualifying, then you can manipulate it like Adam Briggs did with with LJ Graham. When Adam pulled over and let LJ go, that won him the the overall. But I guess you can manipulate anything, really. Good job, little John. Whatever. I don't really care. Good job, Devin, for, like, winning. Actually winning. You got $3,000. And then good job to LJ for... Whatever you did, he won the he won a segment and the overall, so he won at least four thousand dollars. So <laughs> he probably had to give it right back to Adam Briggs, whose car he was driving. I mean, I would after Adam pulled over, I would have at least, you know, shared some of it with him. But anyways, uh, I was, have to keep my mouth shut on that whole subject. On what whole subject? Well, I just I, you know it's just kind of funny because if you remember last year the whole Adam Briggs Devin McLeod shit and then LJ is like supposed to be really good friends with Devin McLeod and all of this I know Devin walked over and gave him the check I just feel like there's a little bit of sketchy he bullshit. He gave LJ the check. Let's yeah, make that clear. Gave LJ the check. Yeah. I just feel like there's a little bit of sketchy BS going on. Are they trying to pull some sketchy BS? No, they knew I, the rules and played the system. That's d- what they did. 
True. I mean, good on them, right? Whatever. I don't. I don't really care. I'm friends with all of them. It just. It's funny. I, it's I talked to, to it's Devin. It's just weird. I talked to Devin afterwards, and he, Devin's always a, a guy you can approach and talk to, whether it's been a good or bad night. And he's, I was like, so what do you think? They'll split the check with you? And he goes, no, not based on who the car owner is. And exactly. I left, it, I left it at that. So um, it was a good night. And again, I was very glad to be out there. But um, I, I just loved that I get, I poke onto Ashley's live and I didn't realize whose live I was on. And I saw, she's like, oh, well, one half is here. Uh-huh. I'm like, shit. I'm just standing, up, I'm standing up against the wall, letting Austin figure out what's going on. <laughs> Your and, face, and you're like, Ooh. I was like, here I am. <laughs> and then I was like, hmm, I wonder if she thinks we broke up or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, and uh, then I messaged her. I'm like, I'm sorry. I had a mental breakdown earlier this week, and I just needed a break. Well, there you go. So, anyways, um, we have you on the, the rest of the show here to talk about the NASCAR race. That, that I slept through. You didn't sleep through it. We fast-forwarded oh, through Sunday I was not here for it, and then we fast-forwarded through a whole bunch of it because I could have slept through it. I, I'm sorry. I didn't like it. I did not like the NASCAR race at Homestead. I have not. It, it there wasn't any aside from the Martin Truex thing on pit road. There was nothing memorable about it. Memorable. Yeah, the, the, the craziest things happened with Blaney spinning out on the access road, coming out of pit road, and then Truex, who was leading, getting spun out. And I say spun out, put it in quotes. Um, Larson didn't do anything on purpose, but Martin looked like he overdrove his pit box, and then when he got on the brakes, Larson was on his ass and. Truex got spun out, and that was, like, the turning point of the race. I mean, yeah. total... People are like, oh, that's the only reason Kyle Larson won. Nah, Kyle Y'all Larson... dumb. It would have been a hell of a restart between the two because they had the best cars, but Kyle Larson put on an absolute clinic. I mean, that looked like Kyle Larson dominating last year, which he hasn't really done I mean, this year. Do- dominating last year, dominating at Miami up until the checkered flag the last few years. Yes. You know, he's so mm-hmm. good there, but he's never won there until... Sunday. I mean... So how did everybody count him out for the win? Uh, I think they all looked at Tyler Reddick too much, and he did nothing but crash. I choose to not look at him most of the time. I think a lot of people were saying, like, Christopher Bell was going to be good, Tyler Reddick was going to be good. I said Chastain. I wasn't fully you wrong. wrong. I mean, Chastain's been... I mean, two seconds to start this round. That's pretty good. Better than first. Is it? <laughs> If you ask some people, second place celebrates in victory lane and you smash watermelons on trucks, oh even though God. he races cup. I wish, I wish you'd let that go, but <laughs> you won't. So. Hey, the minute he lets it go is the minute. <laughs> it's all fun banter. Your, your little online rivalries with these people are fun. It's all for fun. I know it is. I know on it their is. sides. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I posted... Just kidding. <laughs> my, my biggest pet peeve about the homestead races are when on tv all you hear is we'll be back in miami you're not in miami they're not even they're not okay you're close to miami it's not like when you're watching a jets or a giants game and they, we'll be right not. back to new york uh, no nope. we'll be back to new jersey yeah like i get it it's a hop skip and a jump over to new york but um I, i'm sorry the reason that there is a track where it's at in southern florida was to they built that track to help the economy recover from hurricane andrew believe it or not um, that track was built in Homestead because Homestead was completely devastated. Uh, my cousins lived at the um, near the Air Force Base there, and their bunk bed ended up in the neighbor's uh, window. 
So were they in it? No, they evacuated. Sorry, they, I'm only laughing because I know they're fine. Yeah, yeah. They, they came. They evacuated and came home to like the bunk beds being across the street. So um, again, this track was built in Homestead, and they tagged the Miami thing, and it's Homestead, Miami. They tagged the Miami thing to get the you know South Beach to get the flair. But all you hear about on TV is Miami, 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 especially from Rick Allen. We're not in Miami. This is not the Miami Speedway. It is Homestead. Daytona Homestead, International Miami. Speedway is not in Daytona. It's not on Daytona Beach. It's still in the <laughs> city know. of Daytona. <laughs> it's not Daytona Beach Motor New Smyrna Speedway is not in New Smyrna. No, it's not. It's in Sam Sula. Yes, it is. Yeah. But so, you know. Citrus County Speedway is also not in Inverness. No, it's in... Um, some other place, Inverness. but it is in it's, Citrus it's, County. It's so, in... um, good point about the New Smyrna thing. Yeah, you, you got me there. It's a half uh, skip and a gym. <laughs> I know. I drive the whole two is, miles between Samson and is. New Smyrna every day. But New Smyrna is a lot more fun to say. And just, when I was little, yes, a lot harder to spell. New Smyrna Speedway. New Smyrna Speedway, Mimi track. Um, but no, I, that that was my pet peeve. And I post. I was just irritated. With, I thought the race was boring, and I posted on Facebook. I'm like, one the. The track is not in Miami, and today's race was boring. I, I, Homestead Miami Speedway is the perfect driver's racetrack because they can get up there and rip the top, and they can try to work the bottom in the middle, try to make passes. The top is dominant, and when you have a dominant lane track, I don't think it's like Bristol when the top is dominant. That wasn't good racing either. It was a great track for the drivers because they had options. Um, typically, what's in my mind, what's good for the drivers isn't necessarily good for the fans and i know i'm in the minority <laughs> saying minority uh I, I know i'm in the minority saying this but i didn't i think homestead is overrated because i mean well it's a pure race like we didn't have much shenanigans in this race aside on pit road um it just you know the cars just kind of go out there and do their thing i mean this race was definitely better than the last couple of years with the the high downforce package um, great battle for second at the end. And according to Dave Moody, who commented on my Facebook post, which was, it shocks me when that happens. Um, he goes, well, obviously fan girl a little bit, a little bit, uh, you know, idol of mine. Um, but he, uh, he's there working the radio. So of course he can watch whatever he wants. What was shown on TV where they focus on the playoff drivers and who's leading. It wasn't the most entertaining broadcast, uh, but he says there was good battles all throughout the field. I'll take his word for it because obviously I wasn't there. I only saw what I saw on TV. I saw a lot of Kyle Larson running the high side with an eight-second lead. Um, so, you know, it sounds like there was better racing than maybe what the broadcast showed. But As I, usual. I Yeah, the NBC. Like Fox does a bit. I don't know. They, both the broadcasts could step up a little bit. Just get just NBC. go to the racetrack, Ryan. Jeez. I, no, I didn't. Uh, last time I went to Homestead, I was bored. You cried. Well, it was Jeff Gordon's last race. You know, we could have been there. It. Um, I don't know. Like I, I remember looking over to my left, and there was this guy drunk, passed out, sleeping. Um, I watched people walk out with it's like thirty he's laps in Miami, to go. Bitch. No, he wasn't in Miami. He hadn't hopped, jumped in his skip yet. Um, he couldn't. He was people were last time we went to Homestead. People were leaving before the race was over. Yeah, nobody was excited. I mean, Kyle Busch won that week, so of course nobody was excited. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, it's a fine racetrack. I'm glad we only go there one time. I'm not saying take it off the schedule. Oh, you didn't hear what? Is they're it running. Off the they're running all of the playoff races at Miami next okay, year. Okay, because it's the the purest 
racetrack for the drivers. Yeah. Because they can just rip the top. It's, it's a driver's track. Uh, I'm sorry. Ripping the top. It's a me. driver's track. That ca- that means Austin Dillon's out. Ty Dillon's out. Ricky Stenhouse is out. Chris Busher's out. If if the <laughs> bottom line could keep up with the top line, which is never going to happen with the aerodynamics and racing, the cars on the bottom get too aerotight. You, you can't do anything. Sorry. Um, if the bottom lane had more of a chance, I'd like it better. I, I I would rather see good side-by-side racing than some guy ripping the top. Like, it's impressive being an inch away from the wall for 200-whatever laps, but I don't know. I just didn't see much great racing. And maybe it's because I didn't see it because it wasn't shown, or maybe I'm just... Maybe it just wasn't the race for me. All right, grade it. I, I, I have the grade. What, what are your thoughts on it? Did you see good racing? Did you see <coughs> anything no. that... Uh, did I, did saw I miss nothing. something? No, I saw nothing. The only I paid attention to the Xfinity race. You know the the Cause guys because I have a Noah Gragson fan on my hands. The, the thing I will say, and then I watched the truck race, only to be pissed off at the end of it. Yeah, a little manipulation there, but that yeah, I'm sorry. I, like I get it. Ty Majeski's a Florida guy, except he's not. He's from Wisconsin. Ty Majeski's the shit. I'm glad he won. Cool, great, but the fabulous. Other, the other, uh, his teammates definitely manipulated the end of that race, didn't they? Yeah. Which they find Cole it, Custer for a few weeks ago, but... And it, 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 like, they manipulated it, and it's going to work out in their favor for their final four and screwed Stewie. Yep, by one point. By one freaking one point, and he's, point. like, worked his ass off. And Ryan Priest, I think, is out of the owner's championship now. Yeah, he didn't have a good race either, so that was frustrating Which, for he you. He did have a good race. He was in the top 10 the entire race, but was, it fucking bullshit. That was definitely the Carrots 200 for you. <laughs> it wasn't the Carrots 200 for me. It was the Carrots 200 for Dawson, who loves yeah. Ryan Priest, yeah. and Stuart Friesen, and now they're going to have to become his second and third favorite truck series drivers, but we'll get to that. But I'm watching for Ryan Priest and Stewie, for Dawson, and for the fact that we sponsor Stewie, and then the freaking Noah Gragson does great. And, like, I don't know. He needs a doctor. Noah Gragson needs a doctor. These oh, are yeah. all of my those, thoughts at once. Those on-track interviews with Noah are cringy and tough to watch. And then they keep... I, at- don't, know if it's a, I don't know if it's a matter of he's overwhelmed, which, like, you know, he's said that when he gets in those spots, he just stops breathing. That's, like, yeah, an anxiety. That's a, it's an anxiety thing. I agree. Is it is it physical or mental? Yes. Or, or both? Yes. Because like, and, and then Dave kept trying to ask him questions where he's like, clearly like, and he's just, like, I need tired. a freaking minute to Although I do, gather myself. I do love when he's just like, I drove my balls off. I threw them on the dashboard. <laughs> yeah. Like my favorite. Yeah. Yep. And then people are like, that's the, like, people, people hate on him because of the interviews he gives. And I'm like, dude just raced his ass off for 200 laps is sweating his balls off. The, the ones that he's already thrown on the dashboard. Yeah, and, and people want to say the drivers these days have no personality yet. He's when they got have a all personality, of they can't stand it. I just don't understand fans. Like I, I don't get them. Not these fans listening, but like, the Twitter fans. Yeah, no, it's stupid. I, I can't. But I don't know. Maybe no one needs to like go less go to a doctor. Uh, less on the alcohol. <laughs> I don't Maybe know. Maybe goes too hard on Fridays before qualifying. Um so the thing I did see this week is a couple of guys get some redemption that have been really good at Homestead. I mean, I just remember that race in what was it, 2020 where Noah was leading and the 13 car just yeah. came up and took him out and it was ridiculous. So Noah got his redemption. Kyle Larson, which I mean, Kyle Larson and Homestead, that's like ham and eggs, man. They go together so well. And Ew, excuse you. Get, I'm sorry. I could have used a different analogy. It's not Dr. Seuss. There's no green eggs and ham up in this house. It is bacon and eggs, Fine. avocado and toast, avocado toast and eggs. They go together like wine and whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's good to see, you know, Peas Larson. and frustration. 
last year at this time, I would have been so mad if Larson won this race, but he deserved to win that race. He was the best car. Um, so, oh no, I mean, I wasn't all calm. He's like, okay, Kyle Larson's gonna win the race. That's exactly what I said. I was like, oh, cool. After Martin (laughs) responded, I'm like, oh, cool. The five cars got this one just because I knew the race was over at that point, and that's not entertaining to me when I know who's gonna win. Ryan's entire like football and and racing, he's just like, oh, fuck it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to bed. Last night. I'm like, I just spent $200. I'm going to bed. Good night. And I only bring this up because me and Austin are good buddies and we announced together this weekend, but he oh beat me by God. less than a freaking point in fantasy football last night because of the New England Patriots defense couldn't get me one more measly sack. <laughs> oh, that was, oh my God, that was so frustrating. I texted but him something to the effect of... Um, he did not speak to me today either. He knows. I texted him something to the effect of Ryan is whining about fantasy football and I'm just over here making jokes because I haven't even hit 90 points for the week. <laughs> yeah, why couldn't I play you this week? And it, no, we're both we're both five and two atop the league. So uh, Florida Racing rocking it on fantasy football. Um, you, you said to score this damn thing, so I did. Um, Homestead gets a grade as follows. I give the racing a five right down the middle. Um, not the worst racing of it. It wasn't no Martinsville. I wanted to give it a four, but Dave Moody commenting on my post boosts it up to a five. The, <laughs> the excitement, because I got to take his word for it and factor that in, man. Uh, the excitement, I give it a three. The finish was a two. The battle for second, I would have given an eight because that was fun between Almendinger and Chastain, but the battle for the win was meh. Lead changes had had 11, which is pretty low. Uh, only scored a three. By the way, I'll have a different uh, lead change scale depending on tracks next year, so things will be a little different. Um, the enjoyment factor, a two. Um, I liked seeing A.J. Almendinger and Rasha Stain battle each other and then get out of the cars and shake hands and say, hey, that was fun. Second week in a row, somebody raced with Rasha Stain and said that, so I just want to put that out there. Um, so a blind I, squirrel finds it's not. Yeah, but t- twice in a row, apparently. So that I did enjoy. Found both of them. He'll be um, back to his bullshit next week. But this is going to be controversial, but the race scores a three. They got a three. And that puts our season total to a 6.43. So overall, not too bad, but... Uh, I honestly think that uh, once the playoffs started, the the season kind of went downhill. What do you? What, what, sorry, I know you I had a thought there, and I just interrupted singing. you. Um, where where do you put the season? Like overall, like do you give it a like give it a letter grade? Where where do you think the season's at? No, like I, like as if Dawson were coming home from school and had a report card. Give it a letter. It grade. better be an A. <laughs> Hey, you put it, you said if it, I don't know, it's like a B minus. B minus? Okay. I think it's in B minus, C plus territory. Because there's been some we good don't stuff. We do C's in this house. It's C's B minus. degrees. I guess so do D's nowadays because, you know, everybody everybody <laughs> participates. Anyway. Oh, no, I just realized what you said, Margo. Oh, my God. Anywho. So, yeah, not my, uh, not my favorite race, but, um, Oh. On to the Ville of Martins. Yeah, Martin Truex Juniorville. Not at all looking forward to it because if you remember, uh, Martinsville is the least, it's the worst scored race on the tour so far this year. Yeah, but there's going to be some bullshit. Do you think the being this, the, the final race to the final four, do you think that we'll see some more drama in this one versus what we saw in the spring where we saw almost nothing? Mm-hmm. You think somebody's going to spin somebody out? You think mm-hmm. somebody's going to drive through somebody? I think somebody like, oh, let's just say Mr. Hamlin might try to, like, 
Get some revenge on Mr. William Byron. On William Byron. Hmm? Well, that is... Is that the one that took him out on purpose? In Texas, yeah. So that's the um, that's the best playoff race right now. So to set the scene going into Martinsville... I know, I'm the, dumb. You're not dumb. I, I never said you were. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because it segues into what I wanted to talk about next. Um, I wanted to know who your Martinsville pick uh, is. We'll do our picks here in a minute, but I want to set the, the playoff points. Uh, by the way, Kyle Larson is locked into the owner's championship final four along with Joey Logano. And every other Hendrick driver. Good job. You did it. So right now in the driver's playoffs, you've got Joey Logano locked in with his win at Vegas. Ross Chastain plus 19. Chase Elliott's only plus 11. And William Byron plus 5. So right there, That's I would That's my be, final four right I would there. be extremely happy if Margo's final four came to fruition. I think that's a great Final Four. I think that'd be a lot you of fun. You doubted it in the beginning. Oh, I did. I didn't think William Byron would have a snowball's chance. <clears throat> but <clears throat> it worked out well <clears throat> for you. Um, Danny <clears throat> Hamlin is five points out. Ryan Blaney is 18 stay out. there, too. And then uh, Christopher Bell, minus 33. Chase Briscoe, minus 44. I'm I'd sorry, say... We won't be bringing any bells anytime soon. Yeah, Christopher Bell and Chase Briscoe are must-win at Martinsville. And they won't. Um, I think Ryan Blaney is probably in must-win territory as well. I don't foresee him winning. Um, I hate to say it, but I see Denny Hamlin leapfrogging William Byron for the final spot. So I think it will be Logano, Chastain, Elliott, and Hamlin. What do you think it's going to be? You think it's – I mean, you already know. You already – You think it's going to be Logano, Chastain, Elliott, and Byron, don't you? Yeah. All right. And, of course, uh, Kyle Larson – Joey Logano, Ross Chastain, and Chase Elliott are the owners' championship drivers right now. Which is funny set. because that was almost my final four. That would have been a good pick, but Kyle Larson. I'm man, glad I went with William Byron and not Kyle Larson. He's had a good season, but compared to last year, uh, he has almost more DNFs than he had wins last year. So, but that is uh, that's part of the part of the game. So, uh, Martinsville pick. Who you got? William Byron. William Byron. I am going to take Denny Hamlin. Wow. So we'll, we'll, that'll be the battle for the final cutoff spot, and we'll see how all of that goes. We're going to take another quick commercial break here before we go into the final segment of the show, which will be around the state, and then we'll wrap everything up. We've got to thank our good friend, Mr. Ron Alessandro at 124 Welding and Fabrication. Um, you can check out his Etsy store. Just check uh, or just search 124 Welding and Fab. It'll come up in Etsy, and you can see all of his great metalworkings that he has available. And uh, when you check out, if you use the promo code RWRPODCAST, you'll get 15% off your order and an extra keychain. So again, like I said earlier, uh, make sure you support our sponsors. We're getting to the time. Uh, Christmas is coming up. Uh, to get these handcrafted metalworks, make sure you get your orders in early so you get it before Christmas. Um but again, RWR Podcast at the 124 Welding and Fab Etsy store will get you 15% off. Makes great gifts and really shows that you went outside the box and put some thought into um, what you're looking for. Uh, we also thank Jeff White Racing. Uh, I, I know there's been some big developments there. I think they're going to be focusing on the late model going forward. So I'm looking forward to that. And I uh, just appreciate their support of the show here. Um, those guys are always fun to talk to in the pits. And uh, shout out to uh, Joe Gerard, who I know uh, occasionally spots for Jeffrey. Uh, I know this for a fact because we had an altercation, which uh, go back and listen a few weeks ago. Uh, but he ran over at the Citrus County Speedway in the uh, Outlaw Street Stocks the other day. So shout out there. Um, Jay Zebley Race Cars has come on board to sponsor the show. 
Uh, if you don't know the Zeblies, they have helped build a lot of these bomber cars and really helped get uh, the bombers kind of off the ground the last couple of years. And they do great uh, roll cage work and great safety innovations uh, to make sure that your car is safe. Speaking of safe, we got to give a shout out to our good partner here, Schultz Fuel Cells and Schultz Products. Um, I know Rob is working with the 602 stuff for Speed Weeks. And from what I was told earlier, um, they're looking for some marketing partners to get this year's Speed Weeks off the ground and make sure it's better than ever so we can get some of those 602 guys down. Um, so if you're interested, make sure you get with Rob Schultz. Um, you can email him, rob at schultzproducts.com. Um, if you're in the 602 world, you probably know who he is. So get in touch with him if you're interested in uh, getting some sponsorship together for uh, the World Series coming up in February. And of course, you can uh, check out Schultz Products. I know they're still hiring for some positions. You can uh, go online, buy some of their fuel cells, and get some of their great uh, products to uh, to keep you safe. We also thank our friends at Bromley Motorsports, as uh, they've been a supporter of the show for a long time. I know they like to listen to all these episodes to keep up with what's going on, and um, they're always supporting the, the Speedway as well, and occasionally branching out, going dirt racing. Uh, I know they were looking forward to doing some truck racing and some bomber racing for the Governor's Cup, which... Unfortunately, um, as we mentioned, it's been postponed, but we're looking forward to see Bromley Motorsports back on track here very soon. We appreciate their support. Appreciate all of our listeners. Appreciate our marketing partners here. Um, you know, appreciate the uh, solid listens and the clicks lately. Um, you guys continue to amaze me. E- even on some, even with, I- I'll be honest with you, when New Smyrna doesn't race, um, I know we have a lot of New Smyrna fans on here, and I can definitely tell when, when we don't race, a lot of times you guys don't listen. But uh, the numbers have been very consistent, and I appreciate that. I get a lot of good feedback, um, some negative, and sometimes that feeds into the show. Um, but I really appreciate you guys. And uh, if you want to become a partner, uh, just $5 an episode. We will work with you. Anything you want to do, even if you're just like uh, – you know, Doug Samian, he's just like, hey, here's some money. Put it on the show. So we threw a sponsor in there for his company. Um, we'll get your company in there. We'll get your race team shout out. If you got a YouTube channel, uh, if you got an Etsy store, whatever it may be, if you want to come on board, $5 an episode. It's super cheap. Good way to get your company out there to the masses. Or if you just want to support the show, we can do that as well. So thank you all for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. All right. Welcome back. Final segment of the show. We're going to quickly go around the state. A lot of good racing here this past weekend. So we're going to go through everything and give our final thoughts, opinions on whatever the hell is going on these days and uh, pass out our Richard Cranium Award, the most sought after award in the racing world these days. So Margo, let's head over to the Auburndale Speedway. I'm going to get through this pretty quickly here. Um, There's tons of good coverage out there if you want to go back and review these things, we want to give some shout-outs, give credit where credit is due. From the Auburndale Speedway, their A-Mods were in action, and Bobby Mobley in the one car picked up the win over Roger Blevins in the other one car. Ronnie Abney was third, Dylan Martin fourth, David Williams was fifth. In the Crown Vicks, Dustin Wilson actually beat Chris Rummel over there. Uh, Jason Stiffley was third, Chance Saucerman fourth, and Jason Scaran. Scuran? Sure, we'll go with that. He was in fifth. Mini Cups. That was won by Kendall Wheeler. Carson Holt second. Lily Fuller third. Daisy Fuller and Russell Bush rounding out the top five in that one. 
in the 50 lap pro truck race where um i know one of uh, margo's favorite drivers was out there gordy dylan Oh, yeah. Dylan LeBeau, one of the new Smyrna regulars. He do a Lego to Auburndale. <laughs> he sure did. He did. He finished, uh, let's see, 11th or 13th? 14th. 13th or 14th. Uh, he was Cody, running 10th and got caught up in a kerfuffle. I heard he got shoved to the outside in freight train. Yeah, those kerfuffles the ker- happen. The damn kerfuffles. Um, Cody McDuffie, no surprise there. He did win the main event. He won the big 50 lap at New Smyrna this year as well. Uh, Daniel McLean was second, Carter Brown third, Chase King fourth, Brennan Pletcher fifth. Uh, pretty good field of trucks. I hope that means they get a good turnout for the Twin 50 race coming up for the, the charity race. going to be Twin 50s this year. It's a little bit different, um, but sure to be great. What? I'm having a squirrel moment. What's that? Have you ever seen a Lexus Pro Late model nose before? No, I have not. Now you have... I mean, it's a Toyota. It looks like a... Yeah. So Toyota he with just, different stickers. He just put a... Le- there you Who go. is that? Oh. Interesting. Brett Suggs. Brett Suggs. Hmm. Suggs. Yeah, that's what I said. <clears throat> I didn't say sucks. Oh, it's a sim. It's. Oh, it's iRacing? Yeah. Mm, lame. Um, 19 trucks over there at Auburn Hill for that race, so good to see there. And they also had a 50-lap pure stock race. Uh, let me look at the... How many cars? Oh, 13 cars. Um, I know they got a big race coming up at Citrus County for the Pier Stocks. They had 14 over there for a regular show over at Citrus County. So they were kind of splitting the difference here. But Bobby Mobley in the 29 picked up that victory over Preston Davis in the 89. James Wright was third. Richard Howe and Bobby Kelly Jr., the top five in that event. Of course, um, if you want a more in-depth recap of basically around the state on Wednesday nights, me, Austin Griffiths, Steve Darling, and Matt Neer get together and uh, kind of do a, a weekly recap of what's going on at our respective tracks. So if you want more in-depth on this kind of stuff, you can tune in there or you can go back and watch it live on the Hot Mike Facebook page. So that is, those are the results from the Auburndale Speedway. It seems like they had a pretty good week. They have their uh, Sportsman Twin 50s coming up this weekend. Twin 50s on Halloween should be, uh, well, Halloween weekend, I should spooky. say. It should be spooky. Uh, Citrus County has their Halloween show coming up this weekend as well. They've got 75 laps for the Pure Stocks and a 50-lap pro truck race and uh, weekly divisions as well. So lots of great racing coming up here. Um, Over to the 417 Speedway. I'm just going straight down the list here. Four modified minis in the house. And Jeff Gilbo Jr. (laughs) in the 745 car. I know why you're laughing. Uh, Jeffrey Gilbo won over Dean Buttram, Jeff Firestone, and Logan Buttram. So... Good thing the butt rooms came out because uh, that was pretty much the field other than... Uh, if not, the butt hurt, what if? Yeah, no shit. Um, in the Legends, solid field of 16 Legends cars. Uh, Sean English, the winner over Willie Cuddy. Um, Jackson Denton, third, fourth was Jade Hubert and Tyler Ledbetter rounding out the top five. I'm looking forward to Legends cars and Citrus next weekend. Uh, V8 Pure Stocks, they had eight show up, six started. Uh, the... Win went to Christopher Loney. I know one of the cars had a big wreck in the heat. Um, I can't remember who it was. Uh, Christopher Loney, the winner. Jordan Dahl, second. Third went to Joey Gentry. I'm assuming that's Joe's son. Uh, Rich Levance, fourth. And James D'Elia, rounding out the top five. Open Wheel Modifieds went 100 laps. Well, it was scheduled for 100 laps, so they went 35 instead. That sounds familiar. Wait, What? The open wheel modified race was scheduled for 100 laps, but it, went, it says 35 here in their results. Does that surprise you? 
What? 35 laps. That's what it says. I don't know if it's a misprint. Are you checking with Dalton? <laughs> yep. I don't know. It could, it could be a misprint. Uh, but it, from the uh, official 417 website, open wheel modified A feature one thirty five laps. Um, I know there was like a halfway break. So they, they might have just put the wrong number in here. So take take that with a grain of salt. Um, but it says Cody Stickler in the 46 was the winner. Jason Lester second. Dalton Nelson third. Come on, Dalton. You could have done better than that. Troy Robinson was fourth and Cody Crucker. He could have done better than that if he drove those assholes the way they drive him. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. Oh, uh, you can't feel my nose underneath you? Probably because it's not... No. Cody Crucker in a modified is interesting. Um, they had A modifieds there as well, and Bubba Van Devender was the winner. Uh, Wally Smith second. Scott Keebler, Carl Jones, and Stephen Stones rounding out your top five. Thunder Trucks, they had three. Chris Loney was the winner. Bandoleros, they had three. And Gerald White was the winner there. So let's see what they have coming up here this weekend. October 27th. They have su- I think they have a Super Late Model 100. October 27th is tomorrow. I, I meant 29, sorry. Super Late Model 100, V8 Pure Stocks, Dwarf Cars, Thunder Trucks, TQ Midgets, and Mini Stocks. So quite a variety there. Over to the Showtime Speedway. They had Super Late Models this weekend. And seven showed up, and Johnny K was the winner in the 74. Interesting. Uh, Kip McVeigh second, Kendall Anderson third, Robert Yoho fourth, Brandon Anderson, Brighton Horner, and Richie Anderson rounding out the field. I see Brighton Horner was in the 75 because the 21 is still upside down. Um, Where did he finish? Brighton was a DNF in the dun, 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 sixth position, but kept it on all fours. So he was the fast yeah, qualifier, he too. So. didn't finish. Because, yeah. Yeah, but he didn't finish the last race because he was upside down, honey. Uh, street stocks. Oh, I see where Dar- Darge, Dodge Carlbert ended up not at Citrus. He was at Showtime running the street stocks. Uh, Mark Nelson was the winner over Aaron Anderson, Dodge Carlbert, and Michael Coleman. So four cars there. Mini stocks had five. Ken Smith, the winner over Frederick Wilson, Greg Valdez, Travis Appling, and Kendall Ludeker. Mini stocks, that's what I just talked about because they do the heats afterwards. Ford Oval A Division, 11 cars in that one. Mike Coleman Jr., the winner. Josh Ryan, Shane Grigsby, Marty Neekins, and Chad Cushing, your top five. Ford B Division, Rob Ledwell, Travis Moore, Joey Foote, Buckshot Mexner, the best name in racing. Ronnie Campbell, your top five there in a 12-car field. So, interesting night over there at the Showtime Speedway. I see some similarities to Showtime as I see another racetrack. Anywho... Um, the last thing I want to talk about here and, uh, shout out to, um, Justin Reynolds. He, he had me thinking hard about going over to Alltech for the Powell Memorial race. Um, and Boy, I was still, that is a three hour drive. I, I you know. thought real hard and then you GPSed it. I, I thought real hard and then I did GPS it and I did see it was a, tr- a trip, but then got the, uh, opportunity to go work at, uh, Citrus again. I wasn't going to pass that up, but, um, very tempting. He, he threw a hard bargain in there, and they had a they had a great show at the Powell Memorial. They started, let's see, thirty late models over there. I know they had a bunch of qualifying, B features, all that good stuff. But uh, I don't know these guys that well. Uh, but it was Joseph Jern- Joseph Joiner who was the winner. Corey Hedgecock was second. Kyle Bronson, Michael Page, and Jimmy Steele the top five in a thirty car feature starting field. Um, it's a, there's a B feature. I don't really care about B features. 
Ooh. I don't care about that B feature. Don't care about the third B feature either. Alphabet. Don't care about the specials. Not sure what that is. Uh, street stock feature over there is one by Rich Pratt. Oh. Uh, they had, let's see, how many street stocks did they have? They Port started at 17. Like not too bad. And I guess that's all they ran the final night. So um, seemed like a good show. I know that was like a, a two-day show, but the big race was the Powell Memorial. And um, I'm sure that was a good time. Looking forward to getting back to the dirt track over at Volusia for the Rudiman Memorial next month. Have fun with that. We have uh, we've quite a bit of racing still coming up oh this year. God. Uh... We're going to the... I'll say the podcast because that's why we go to these races for content. Uh, and we like racing, period. But it's good to have some some live content for you guys uh, to talk about. So next week will be the Citrus County Speedway rooting on nope, Jack. That'll be this week. That's what I mean by next week. Um, next Saturday, next show, um, we'll be rooting Jack Hall and Dylan LeBeau on in the Pro Trucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to the Pier Stocks, of course. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Uh, then the week after that, we're going to be at the Auburndale Speedway. Speedway Video is going to make his Auburndale Speedway appearance, uh, inaugural appearance, uh, for the twin Super Late Model 75s, which should be a lot of fun. The 12th, you ain't doing shit. Nope, the 12th. There will be no Racing with Ryan podcast at a racetrack anywhere because we will be celebrating a much more important thing that weekend. We will be celebrating Dawson's sixth birthday. Six years old By already. dropping him back off at his dad's a day early so we can go to the Miami Dolphins game. So we're going to... This is not kidding. a football podcast. Boy, anyway. bye. It's my podcast. I'll talk about whatever the hell I want. I know. I was just making fun of the other show. Um, then after that, we'll have the... So there'll be a week where we don't go anywhere, and it'll be after the NASCAR playoffs. So we'll probably have a fun show, a rainy day show. I have an idea for that week. I'm going to give Mario a bunch of stuff to do for that week. So oh, I'll boy, let, bye. I'll let her host the show. Um, and then after that, we'll do the Rudiman Memorial. And then You'll do have... the Rudiman Memorial. Sure. I will be at the New Smyrna Speedway spot meet. There you go. No, I won't. Not that weekend. Yeah, you'll be the at that uh, the weekend of the Bigly. Yeah. So What's we'll, tonight? We'll the Rudiman race? Yes. Oh, I will be hibernating because I'm going to see Hamilton on Sunday. So plenty of stuff for us to cover. Plenty of action. Two more NASCAR weekends. Um, and then we always find a way to fill up any other downtime. So that's what's coming up here on the show. Uh, before we wrap it up, who's your Richard Cranium this week, Margo? Who's yours? Why do I got to go first? Because I have to think of mine. I asked you before we started if you had one. Yeah, I have several, but I have to think of which one I okay. want to use. So my Richard Cranium goes out to all the people that want to get on Facebook and complain about, oh, daddy's money, daddy's oh, God money. Damn it, you stole mine. <laughs> Without naming names, I saw quite a few people oh, I will. that support their kids racing. Can I name names? Quote, unquote, daddy's money that Can got on names? Daniel Dye's post and said daddy's money. And I just found that to be quite ironic. Can so I say I'll hand names? out the Richard Cranium Award to those people. If your child was in a quarter midget division and moved up way too early and then moved back because he couldn't handle the heat, don't talk about daddy's money. Um, Sorry, wait, what? Uh, oh, oh, shout out to the quarter midget kids. They put on a hell of a show last weekend. It was a lot of fun to be back. Um, Sorry, it's not that your kid couldn't handle the heat. It's that you couldn't handle your kid getting beat, even though now he's still. But anyways, the, the quarter midget racing was fantastic. <laughs> a lot of great racing. Um, treacherous track conditions. Um, poor Caden Ashton. I've never seen him have such a bad night. But anyway, who's your Richard Cranium? <laughs> <laughs> I have 
too. Poor quarter midget kids getting sandwiched in between the richer cranium. I love you guys. <laughs> I really do. I have two. All right. Let's hear it. The first one is, and I don't know who these people are. It's just stupid comments. Because if Lord knows if I actually like offend one of y'all, you'll cry to Ryan. I'm waiting for the message already. Um, the first one is on the on the announcement for Daniel Die going to the truck series next season. I saw so many people go, well, Thad Moffat's won in a in a truck race, and Daniel Die hasn't. Yeah, has he? Yeah, because you can't win in what you haven't raced, you numb nutses. Yeah. And then second, the most ridiculous comment I've seen, and it's on Twitter, and it was about the Bubba Wallace-Kyle Larson situation, but somehow I saw it today. And it was something about how the only reason Bubba Wallace went after Kyle Larson was because he's Asian. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Yep. What kind of ignorant idiots are allowed on the internet? Jesus. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was hoping you'd say. So there's that. My God, that's just. Hey, I wasn't in here when you were doing the um, the talkie boys where you're like talking about the people that give you money to do this. Oh, the sponsors. Yeah. That one. Do you have? Would you like to add to some of that before we sign off? Did you forget to mention about Schultz? Uh, Where do I work? Uh, Schultz is looking for some marketing partners for the 602s. I did get that out there. Okay, but, but what about the some... fact that we are also hiring, looking for a mechanical engineer who has experience in racing? Not I once set the stagger on my friend's race car. I can do that. Not I changed a gear one time. We need like an actual mechanical engineer. I did say that they were hiring, but I'm glad you got the specifics out there for me. And then... We're still looking for machinists. If you'd like to go to work at a decent plant, I mean, Margot gets up every day and drives over an hour to get there and likes Sometimes it, so. the best part of the job is that I get to play with a laser and my bosses are cool. There you go. So it's a great place to work. Great people. Great sponsor. Uh, looking forward to the 602s at Speed Weeks for sure if you'd like to get on board with that. Um, by the way, I'm on Racing Reference right now. You're looking at Thod, Thod Moffat, Thad Moffat's stats. Four truck series starts in 2022. Um, an average finish of 30.5, one lead lap finish, zero wins. Looking at his ARCA Oh, history. that was the other one. Is I saw some idiot who I'm mutual friends with on Facebook, and I'm you don't know him. I'm not even going to mention his name, but he lives in New Smyrna, and he's friends with somebody. Um, um, yeah, and he goes, oh, I'm so glad to see a real driver in the 45 this week. Yeah, really? Hmm? Hmm? How'd they do? Like 38. Y'all put down the booger sugar. <laughs> oh Stop God. it. Um, Thad Moffitt, just to continue with this real quick, just to prove this idiot wrong. Uh, Thad Moffitt's ARCA statistics, 45 career starts, zero victories, nine top fives, 26 top tens, and let me see here, a whopping four withdrawals. So that's not good. Uh, 13 laps led, a best career finish in points of fourth. ARCA East... Statistics: Three races He's run not in 2021. Good. Zero wins, zero top fives. Arca West standings, zero wins. This guy has not won in anything NASCAR related, so that person yeah, no. is a moron. Well, Richard and I Cranium think, stamp to you, sir. I think a bunch of people are just like anti-Daniel Die. Yes, he is a daddy's money driver. I said it last week. He's daddy's money. Brighton Horner's daddy's money. Shit, half these race car drivers out here wouldn't be where they are without their daddy's money. 
The only yeah. difference is some are like still skating by on their granddaddy's last name. Also, I don't think a lot of people realize that Daniel Dye does have quite a few marketing partners. And I know this because they've been marketing partners with New Smyrna before. Do you remember the Ally thing where we had the money to give away to people? Do you remember the Bill Gallagher solar fit thing for Governor's Cup? Do you all remember the fact that Daniel Dye has won national quarter midget championships? He's won late model championships. He's almost won plenty. Like, he's finished second. It's not like this dude's freaking whacking the turn four wall every time he comes out and wrecking somebody else's car every week. He is working his ass off. He just finished second in ARCA championship, in the ARCA championship, and it was like a one-point difference. Like, he's actually driving his ass off. Yes, he went to, he had his mistake earlier this year. He was playing a game in some little daddy's money, got booty tickled, and decided he was going to threaten. It wasn't a good look, but... It wasn't a good look, but guess what? He made his apology. Is that right? No. Did he put his hands on somebody? Yes. I probably would have punched the same person if he was, like, they were playing a game. (laughs) They were playing a game. He's young. He's a young kid. He made a mistake. Y'all are just sitting here. Oh, oh, he was just in jail and you guys didn't like him and you were calling yeah, him daddy's and, money last week. And I'm week. not going to sit here and say that what he did was okay. But No, it wasn't, but they were playing a game. Also, yes, I did call him daddy's money guess, last week. Guess what? He calls himself daddy's money. Guess what he also has that daddy couldn't buy? Talent. But guess what else he's doing that a lot of people wish and will never have the opportunity to Driving do. something more than iRacing? Correct. And I wish him all the best. And even though... I didn't like when Daniel Dye shit on Speedway video that one time a few years ago. I've always been a Daniel Dye fan, so we'll put that out there. And uh, I'm glad this is finally out there because I talked to Daniel during the Southern Super Series race back in July, and I said, so how are you liking the ARCA thing? And he's like, man, ARCA is crazy. And I'm like, so what are you looking forward to next year? You, th- you're going to stay in ARCA? You're going to move to something else? I'm like, I know you can't tell me. And he goes, yeah, I can't tell you, but yeah, we're looking forward to doing something else. And that told me right there that he was going to be in the truck ride, um, it's really no secret that the whole 43 thing and where he's going to end up. And if you can't see that, then open your eyes. Dumbass. Yeah. Um, I- I'm trying to figure out, do we want to tell Dawson or do I just let him go to the truck race with me in February? And when he sees his friend walking around in the pits in a fire suit, just be like, what heck? I think you should tell him because that, that's pretty exciting. That's, that's big news when uh, a driver that you watched, when a track cha- uh, championship at your home track gets to go well, race on TV on Saturdays and Fridays now. That's that and cool. Dawson's like, that's my best friend. No, well, Daniel's always, Daniel is so good at it. Every time Dawson's there, he's like, hey, come hang out for a minute. He always takes the time to make time for Dawson, and he doesn't owe that to anybody. No. And mm-hmm. um, it's just really cool. So we wish Daniel died the best for the trucks. Um, between he and Ty Majeski, I really I really like what the uh, the trucks have for us. Here's okay. Before we go, I have one last thing to ask you. Xfinity this season, um, likely the championship going to be probably either uh, Ty Gibbs, Noah Gregson, or AJ Allmendinger. If Dinger can make it in, he's got a long shot. But you would imagine those would be the guys that are probably going to win. All those guys are going to Cup next year. Mm-hmm. So what's the Xfinity series going to have in store for us <laughs> next year? Justin Allgaier. <laughs> Justin Allgaier. He's been he's been there for so long, but he's good for the series. Um, can what's his face? Kenzie Rustin's husband, Daniel Hemrick, come, that back, one. come back to earth. Can he go back to Xfinity? Shit, can he come back he's, to Light Bottles? He needs in Xfinity, he's just not doing well this year. Put him back in Legends. Maybe he needs to <laughs> relearn. So, the, the top three in the standings, and this is the overall standings, not the playoff standings. Um, excuse me, Noah Gregson, Ty Gibbs, AJ Elmendinger, all moving on. Next in the standings is like you mentioned, Justin Allgaier. 
Um, I think Austin Hill, another year no, in Xfinity would be like good. I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but we're, we're discussing know. the future. I know, you just seemed shocked that I knew Justin Allgaier was No, next. I just didn't think that that's where you would go first because he just, he's just always kind of there. He's not really somebody we root for and not somebody we don't root for. They call him like the little gator. Yeah, just because Allgaier gator uh, rhymes. Um, no, we, I mean, okay, this still looks all right. We got Allgaier, we got Hill, we, Josh Berry, Sam Mayer. Uh, Brandon Jones going to the nine. Sam Daniel Mayer Heinrich. couldn't drive his way out of a paper bag. I like Sam Mayer. Uh, Riley Herbst, I don't like him. Yeah, Ryan Sieg, Jeremy Clements, uh, Brandon Brown, who doesn't drive for Brandon Brown Motorsports anymore. PJ. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll see some guys move up. Should be interesting. Anyways, um, any final thoughts? That's really all I have. Not a single one. Not a single thought because your head is full of too many other I'm things. Gonna... Mm. What? I don't know. I missed out on the ad, so I didn't get to pick on D'Alessandro. Well, give him a middle finger before we leave or something. I don't know. I miss him. You miss him? That's all. Well, there you go. We miss, miss you, Ron. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see him sooner or later. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, uh, appreciate everybody listening. And uh, great time at the Citrus County Speedway last week and looking forward to going back. Uh, probably as a fan this week, but, hey, if they need help, I am, I am open. I am open. What's up? Harley and Tony had little baby oh, Emma right. in their home, and she's doing good, and yay. That's so great to hear. Uh, one of our sponsors, congratulations. I, I missed that in the ad because I wasn't thinking straight. But no, congratulations to them. Uh, brand new racer in the family. All right. But no. <laughs> no, they what? have two Daddy's boys. money. No, that'd be grandpa's money. Grandpa's money. Daddy ain't got no money. Daddy's R- done spent all his money is. on bows and shit. True dad. So, I no. understand. Yeah. <laughs> so congratulations, guys. Glad the baby's doing well and glad you guys are home. And uh, we will talk to y'all next week. Bye. Goodbye. Okay,